Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Andrew Wiggins. This is something that you have dreamt about your entire life. How does the reality that you are now a champion, how does that compare? Uh, glory to God. You know, this is a dream come true. Um, you know, wouldn't be here without my teammates and, you know, everyone around me. So I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm loving it. Why were you such a perfect fit for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I want to win. You know, that's what they do here at Golden State. They win. Uh, so, they, you know, they brought me along and, you know, we're now winning together and I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm legitimately happy for that guy. He found the perfect situation. He looks as happy as I think we've ever seen him yep. in the NBA. Yep. I spent time as I was watching that live last night, the entire celebration, all of it, trying to envision the Timberwolves on that stage. What does that look like? Is it feasible at some point? Is it at all possible at some point, let's say in the Anthony Edwards era, can you envision the Timberwolves standing on that stage? Oh, it's so damn difficult. And just the bias is not just the Wolves, but the sports here in particular, because we we have not seen that type of stage for one of the four major men's teams since 91 with the Twins. Uh, I got to be honest, uh, it's very difficult to do. Like, yes, I sort of can. But then I sort of laugh at myself and think, come on. I guess I got to see the Wolves. I got to see somebody win some rounds first. Like, until you can win playoff rounds, right? Like, they are so far the Wolves and the Wild right now. And the Twins right now. And the Vikings, right? They are so far away from that stage. Like, it's not like, you know, the the Vikes back in 17 get to the, you know, conference championship, right? And then you're like, okay, I can sort of see that stage. But I got to be honest, it's so difficult. But I just keep coming back to this. Wiggins was the like a perfect piece to the puzzle, but but I certainly don't see him and think to their oh, to their puzzle to their puzzle, right? Okay. To a puzzle, the Golden State puzzle. But my point is, I certainly don't look at him on that stage and think that could have been the Wolf stage. I agree. I can't. Inv- I don't. I don't see that. I agree with that. I. I you know, trying to envision Andrew Wiggins in in a Timberwolves uniform holding that trophy up. It just wasn't. Now, okay, if 
if the Timberwolves can get their nucleus right and maybe a 30-year-old Andrew Wiggins in a few years is a role player on that team for a homecoming, like that's the scenario I can envision. But the other thought I had too was, you know, it was rightfully so, by the way, it was a race to congratulate everyone last night from the ownership down to the ball boy, basically. Every time someone had a microphone, Steve Kerr gets the microphone. No, 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 bring Bob My. Bob Myers is the architect, and then Bob Myers gets the microphone. No, 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 Steve Kerr and the players. No, but the ownership and all the this trainer. stuff. The trainer. The guy, trainer guy, yeah. unbelievable. Teddy, you've done a great job with it. And I do not dispute that all of those people with the Warriors, from ownership to Bob Myers to Steve Kerr, that those are all first class in their roles in professional sports. But sure. isn't it incredible how much luck is required to spark a championship team, in the NBA in particular? Let's go through, let's, and again, all these guys are great at their jobs, but the Warriors ultimately needed the idiot Timberwolves in 2009, the point guard desperate idiot Timberwolves in 2009 to look at Steph Curry twice in the first six picks and say, eh, we like Johnny Flynn better. We like Steph Curry better. And then, by the way, the team, the four draft picks ahead of the Timberwolves, too, all passed on Steph Curry. If the Warriors don't have the Timberwolves sitting in front of them being idiots, they don't get Steph Curry, and none of this happens. The Warriors are just a franchise over the last however many years. Like maybe because they had Bob Myers and ownership, and I don't think Steve Kerr would have coached the Warriors if Steph Curry wasn't the centerpiece. So who knows who the coach is. But none of this happens for them if they don't have the idiot Timberwolves in front of them and get lucky. I could do I could play this game twenty times, by the way. If the San Antonio Spurs don't have David Robinson suffer an injury in the 96-97 season and miss all but like six games and lose all those games and then win the lottery the same year that Tim Duncan is coming out of Wake Forest, none of that happens for the Spurs. And that's not to take away from their amazing general manager, the, the amazing Greg Popovich, and the amazing ownership and all those things. And so I think my question to loop it back to the Timberwolves is, it's really, really hard, whether it's through luck or some other force, to find that guy, the Steph Curry, the Tim Duncan, that makes everything else possible. And you have to get everything else right, too. Right, right. Exactly. Did the Timberwolves finally get that guy in Anthony Edwards so that the next conversation can be, okay, the last time we had that guy 20 years ago, we couldn't put it around him until 2003, 2004, Kevin Garnett. Right. We've got that guy again two decades later. And now it's time to put the things around him, the Bob Myers, which could potentially be uh, Connolly, right? The role players and the ownership, et cetera. That's my hope coming out of this last night watching that maybe they found the guy through luck or whatever other means. And now it's about putting the pieces around the guy. So this is such an intriguing discussion because you're right. Like a lot of it is is luck. Uh in a draft in which you you have the topic is there a generationally great player or just an okay player? Um do teams pass on guys like Steph and and then you stop his fall. I mean, you know what? Let's go back to the Vikings, Randy Moss. Like like that's a Steph Curry and he fell to like 21. Uh the Vikings were stopped the fall. And so they deserve credit. The Golden State Warriors deserve credit for stopping Steph Curry's fall and got some luck as well. But here's where I think it becomes really intriguing. It's luck combined with then having the infrastructure and knowing what you're doing, right, to use that luck to your advantage. Case in point, Mm -hmm. perfect example right now, the Oilers. 
Connor McDavid is a generationally great player. Like, like he is the best player right now in the world. And, and he is not a good player. He's not a nice player. He is generationally, he is, he is at least, um, skews towards, uh, Gretzky, Gretztonian. He is like that. And yet they don't have an NHL finals appearance with him. And they have made a lot of bad moves around him. And so they've had the luck. But what Golden State deserves credit for is they combine the luck with the smarts as well. And they look at a, I think the smartest teams look at guys like Wiggy and say, okay, we know his faults. Like he's got faults, no question about it. We know what he doesn't do well. But in our infrastructure with our coach, he can thrive. And and he can be a key piece to what we we do, which does not mean that he could sign with um, Charlotte tomorrow and be a great player there. But this is where, Phil, your point is so intriguing because you need luck, you need fortune, but it can't be all based on that. It, Mm -hmm. It has to be largely based on then what do you do with that luck? Does that player stay healthy? Andrew Luck, like a generationally, no question about it, great quarterback. He couldn't, you know, he had enough injury problems where he eventually walked away. So that's important too. But I just, I think the most important thing is, do you have the right people in place, uh, both from a front office and coaching standpoint, who can then capitalize and most importantly, identify without being overly confident or cocky? Mm -hmm. Because there are, I mean, how many times have we seen teams be cocky? Oh, if we get that guy with us, he'll be perfect. But it's like, no, he won't be. Moss Moss 2.0 back here, right? Like, Brad Childress should have said, no, 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 no. I I know myself, Moss ain't going to work here. But he said, no, bring him back. It's going to be great. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. And you could have predicted it because when Moss and Favre, who were football geniuses, got together, they're basically like, these people don't know mm-hmm. what they're doing. So, like, there's just so many moving parts to being a championship team and especially one that can repeat that success. Well, in, in basketball, like in the NFL, I think the the piece would be more the quarterback than the receiver. Sure. But even then, it's like there's 53 guys. And in basketball, your roster, you have 14, 15 players on your roster. So if, I think there's three things that you, if you don't have all of these three things, you can't win a championship or you can't have sustained greatness in the NBA. And the Wolves have been essentially screwed at almost all three of these for the better part of 20 years. You have to have great ownership. Well, Glenn Taylor is one of the worst owners in professional team sports. He just has been. But feels like Mark Laurie, and I think to a little bit of a lesser extent, because I think I think Laurie is really the guy that's driving a lot of the business vision and the hiring and stuff. And A-Rod is, is there, and A-Rod contributes and, and whatnot too, and he can be charming and stuff, but... I think going from Glenn Taylor to Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez is a checkbox as of right now. We'll see. Maybe they wind up being train wrecks. But as of right now, going out and hiring Tim Connolly, a couple of the other hires behind the scenes that are are very intriguing, I think the Wolves move from bumbling idiot owner to, oh, a couple guys who know what they're doing, have a vision for greatness here, and aren't going to let Minnesota mediocrity getting their way of hiring and doubling the salary of a top five president of basketball operations. All right. The next thing you need is an ace pobo. You need someone, you need a Bob Myers, you need a Pat Riley. Who is that person? I'm not ready to put Connolly at all in that conversation because he has not with the nuggets won a championship, but the way people speak about him and the way that he was able to, with the help from the people that work for him, uncover some gems in the draft, 
and build a perennial contender in the Nuggets who have fought through injury issues and some other things. Right. It's interesting. And so, again, going from David Kahn in 2009 and some of the other guys, Tom Thibodeau running a front office for the first time and drafting guys that have no business being NBA players, right? I think there's a huge step up in the Pobo spot. And then the third thing you need, or you can't win a championship, is you need that guy, that Hall of Fame level player that can just take a game over, take a series over, transcendent scorer, right? That Steph Curry. I think Kevin Garnett was that. That Tim Duncan, that Kobe Bryant, whatever it is. I think the ship has sailed for Cat to be that guy, but Anthony Edwards might be that guy. So, again, the Timberwolves have done nothing meaningful yet, right? They won a play-in game, and then they went to six games, and they're just starting their journey here. But, God, if you compare where they're at with ownership, front office, and star player now to almost any point the last 17 years, it feels way more hopeful to me. On all three of those. So, first of all, in the transition from Glenn, and I've said this from day one now, I wanted the team sold. So I almost don't like, like if these guys are a hit and, and, and are outstanding, that's awesome. But I would take any chance, including the potential that this franchise got moved to get Glenn out because they were not going to do more with Glenn and, and it was bad. So, so if this is a, if this turns out to be a roll of the dice, I was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you on Conley. It appears appears to be a good move uh he certainly knows what he's doing like he's not a I, I was an assistant here and just wait till i come in there so that's good player wise here's my here's the question and conley's gonna have to answer this and he's gonna have to answer it fairly quickly um first of all i'm with you on ant i think ant has the it factor can't really describe it exactly but i know it when i see it and he's got it like both from a playing standpoint and probably just as importantly, personality standpoint, like mm-hmm. he's going to take control of things, which is great. You need that. Um, he's not here to not win. I think that's the best way to put it with Ant. With Cat, this is where I get concerned because I think, and this goes back to the chemistry piece and the, and the puzzle piece of building a roster. Can Cat, um, being an outstanding talent, personality-wise and mentally, almost in a positive way, if this makes sense, Phil, tag along as a piece of a championship team. Mm-hmm. Like, can he be drawn into that? And and unfortunately, we have never we have never seen consistent evidence of that yet. Like, there's been nothing. The playoffs, the playoffs, his, his personality or demeanor in the playoffs, to me, was often not good and certainly not good in, enough. So that's the question. Like, when you say, can you see the wolves standing on that stage? And like, can you see Ant or Cat being handed the LOB? Um, I can sort of see Ant. Like, I can, I can sort of see that one. Right now, I can't see Cat. Well, I can't. The, the good news is, if Ant becomes what we think and hope he can be, there's a lot of examples throughout recent NBA history, the last 20, 25 years, of players that at one point were thought of as the leader of a team. And then after a few years, it was obvious, okay, for whatever reason, maybe they're they're either not good enough or talented enough as we thought, or there's some sort of, you know, emotional intelligence issue that needs to be ironed out. And then you get that guy with the Kobe, you get that guy with the LeBron. And now it's no longer your show to run. You just have to find your way. Like you said, within this Anthony Davis, you know, Anthony Davis, you thought, Oh my God, look at this unicorn player you know, for four or five years with uh, New Orleans, right? And he just wasn't 
He wasn't going to be that guy personality-wise that led a championship team. You put him underneath LeBron James with the Lakers a couple of years ago. Kind of a weird year because it was a it was, they took three months off and had a chance to rest their bodies and stuff. But that was a perfect role for Anthony Davis to kind of settle in behind LeBron James. Um, Lamar Odom is a guy for a long time with the Clippers. Oh, look at this unicorn player that can do everything, pass, shoot, rebound. Oh, but he's kind of an introvert. Okay. And he kind of disappears in games. All right, let's put him under Kobe over here. And Pau, and Pau Gasol maybe kind of the same type of thing. Chris Bosh, right? Like, there's guy and now Chris Bosh wound up being one of the more sort of mentally tough and just go play your third fiddle role on a dynasty team. Like you gotta you gotta be able to accept the fate. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I think if if Cat can kind of accept if Cat can get a little bit if he can if he can shore up the emotional intelligence stuff and stop flying off the handle at officials and taking himself out of games. And if Anthony Edwards continues to progress, the, the ideal scenario here would be Cat as the Robin, Anthony Edwards as the Batman. You you build the rest of the culture and the role right. players around them, and then you make your push in the Western Conference. And I would argue from a Robin standpoint, Cat didn't even consistently achieve that enough in the playoffs this year. Like I, I, I need I need more from him. I need him. It, it's why the complaining bugs me. Because look, man, the playoffs are—they're—they're they're hard. They're hard, and you're not going to get calls, and you have to move on. You have to, as as you said, um, I think it was Game Five with the Boston coach, where he told his players, "Quit talking to the officials. We can't have you doing that. Like that is—it's counterproductive. It puts you in a bad place. It puts us potentially in a, a bad place. And so, like, that's where the whole thing—that's um, where I guess my question lies." And and I think it's going to be up to Conley to fairly quickly decide, okay, I can make this work and here's how, or it doesn't work. So it's, can I see the Wolves up there with the commissioner and that trophy right now? No, I can't. Do I have hope because the team is being sold that at least they're going to have a fighting chance to, to make you feel that way just a mm-hmm. little bit and win a playoff round? Yes, I can. I mean, this franchise has been stuck in in Glenn Taylorville for how long now? And that's just, I mean, we've talked about this for a long time, Phil. That's just a problem. Like, it didn't yep. work. It doesn't Ownership, work. front office, superstar player, and the the rest, it doesn't just fall in by itself, but the, the rest becomes, okay, now we can we can manage to put the rest of this right. together. So um, every Friday, we also open up the, uh, the feedback bag. You can always hit us up through the Score North app, and also you can hit us up on Twitter, Inst- Score North Instagram, and TikTok, too, or uh, rocking on a daily basis, but uh, we regularly are pulling your questions, comments, concerns, critiques from the Score North app. And Feedback Friday today presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, where uh, they've been helping business owners for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, so they are one of us, and they've been longtime partners of the Timberwolves, too. So, uh, you know, if you feel like your business needs a little bit of help with just protection and looking out on the horizon at potential risks, Federated is the partner for you at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Morgan Haas via the Scorner app says, now that minority ownership has shown they are the ones actually running the Timberwolves, what other splash moves are in the cards? Would it still be unfathomable to see 21 hanging from the rafters before the end of next season? Kevin Garnett's jersey? Yeah, I think as long as Glenn Taylor is attending Wolves games, which I think he will be doing um, for a while still, I don't see it. I don't see it. KG, 
like I would love to see it. I think we should, but it's just very clear that that grudge now goes so deep. Morgan says, would the ceremony be too awkward if the majority owner isn't present or is present and gets ignored? How can the new owners incorporate KG back into the team and win? Uh, wouldn't the presence of KG also help Cat and the loss of D'Lo in terms of Cat's personal relationships? A uh, couple things here. I think Cat does stay in touch with Kevin Garnett. He yes, made a comment yes. about that in the playoffs. So that's good. It would be great to have KG around. For God's sakes, he's the only like notable figure, Hall of Fame level figure that this franchise has. And they've got this strange relationship. The second part of this, I no longer care about Cat's personal relationships and feelings toward like D'Lo or Ryan Saunders is a great example. Oh, but if you fire Ryan Saunders, is Cat going to be upset? You can't worry about that. Hire good people like Chris Finch. They will build relationships with Cat. If if you feel like D'Lo is not good enough, but Malcolm Brogdon is in a better fit or you know, whatever player you would bring in to replace D'Lo, Make the move that's best for the roster, and then just trust that Cat will build relationships with the new players like he has to this point. Well, and and I think we worry a little bit too much about how Cat feels about people. Like, like he's not LeBron. Yeah. Saunders <laughs> got fired, and Cat's like, okay. Like every, everyone was like, oh my god, he's going to demand a trade. Ryan's gone. He didn't demand a trade. So if D'Lo gets traded, and by the way, if D'Lo's as unhappy after being benched in that final playoff game as I think. He might be. He might have told Cat, I want out. So that I don't care about. On the KG front, I think the best use of Kevin would be, I think it's a great idea, bring him in to work with Cat, big men across the board. He's great at that. Um, I would give, give him an ambassador role, a salary of some sort. I would want him here at times for sure. Retired 21 um, he's a volatile dude. I don't think I want him involved in anything to do with basketball ops, but as far as potential, like, like, uh, coaching up cat, that's mm-hmm. fine. And as far as the most important thing is, is to have him acknowledge and be part of the wolves family. Mm-hmm. He is easily, it's not even close. The best player in franchise history. And the fact that he's estranged and I know he's a weird dude, but the fact that he's estranged from the franchise is an unnecessary black eye, if that makes sense. No, I totally agree. I think at some point, too, it's like, Kevin, who cares yeah. about Glenn at this point? The guy's in his 80s. He wears sweaters from 1993. He burned him he's, twice, and I think he's so vind- I think Kevin's so vindictive that that's the problem. I blame Glenn for that relationship being estranged. But at some point, Kevin, come on, dude. It's... The, it's about the fans. It's a. It's it's yeah. it's not about Glenn. And they'll love you. J. A. Snide or Sneed on Twitter says we need a Wolves draft. What if episode? Well, here it is. He lists it all out. This is just draft. I could go back further than this. By the way, I, you know you know how I feel about Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury, but he starts with Foy for Roy, and Roy got Roy's knees were shot like five years in, but there was a three, four-year run of Brandon Roy where he was actually one of the best guards in the NBA. Yep. So pairing him with KG at the end of that Timberwolves run would have been interesting. Brewer over Noah, uh, Joe Kim Noah, Mm -hmm. passing twice on Steph Curry, Wes Johnson over DeMarcus Cousins, Derek Williams in general, although that draft was pretty bad. It wasn't like there was an obvious pick there. And then Shabazz Muhammad over Giannis. (laughs) Oof. And that was flip. (laughs) Yeah, that was flip. That was a flip decision. Yeah. 
Uh, Casey Taubert via the Score North app says, maybe you guys have already talked about it and I missed it, but if not, you need to watch Hustle on Netflix with Anthony Edwards and Adam Sandler and Juancho Hernan Gomez, who is a really good actor in this movie. Uh, that's like, awesome, like, too. cries in this movie and stuff. Yep. Not only can the kid ball, meaning Anthony Edwards, but he's a good actor, and even knowing how likable a guy he is in real life, he played the villain flawlessly. I did watch that movie last weekend. It is really good. And Anthony Edwards is incredible in that. You guys seen that movie yet, AJ? No, I've I, seen that. I saw the clip, and I think I sent it to you guys, but I haven't actually yeah. got a chance to sit down and watch the full movie. What you? What do you think? Dude, it's it's really good. All right. I like how Adam Sandler's kind of, he's like dabbling in this NBA world of movies now. Uncut Gems, he had Kevin Garnett as one of the stars, and now this one. Adam Sandler but it's flies a, on the radar as like, you maybe don't want to be him 24-7, but you're really jealous of, he, he, can just, he just does it all. He does whatever he wants whenever I, he wants. He's like in tight with NBA superstars too, which is fascinating. But the movie is about, I won't spoil it, Adam Sandler is a longtime international scout for the Philadelphia 76ers. And he's trying to get, he gets elevated to a, an assistant coaching role on the bench for the first time, which means he can stay home with his family and stuff more often. But then the owner of the team dies and the son takes over and puts him back out on the road. And Adam like hitches his career to this this prospect that he discovers, and the whole movie is about him working with this prospect to try and get him to and the NBA Wancho? and stuff. Wancho is the actor. Yes, it should have been Ant. It, he should have started. Wa- it. Watch watch the movie, and it'll it'll make more sense. It'll make right, way more okay. sense. And Ant plays a Ant plays a great villain villainous role in this movie. He's an amazing actor. <laughs> That's good. I mean, his personality would would in- indicate that that would be the case. I mean, he's got a great personality. He he lights up rooms. Like yes. He literally lights up a room, which yes. a lot of guys don't do. Uh, Craig via the Score North app. We should probably have Declan for this because he's the one that has a bidet installed inside his apartment. Y'all talked about how installing a bidet is not a big deal. Clarification. Declan said installing a bidet is not yeah. a big deal, that he just did it in their new apartment. I want nothing I- to do with that. I've never done it. No I would rely it. I would prefer to I would it. like to reap the benefits of a bidet. I'm curious, but I don't yeah. want to be the one that installs it. And I here's one why. in the hotel once. You're out on it? It's okay. I yeah, I mean I yeah. go What go didn't ahead. you like about it? Um let's okay, I'm going to say this in the most politically correct like non-offensive way possible. Uh chafing issues. Well, that's why you, you have some baby powder, ideally, with you. And you okay, can... that's a lot of work. I'd rather jump in the shower. That's more work. Yeah, I know, but a good shower. I love a good shower. Okay. So uh, Craig says, my upstairs neighbor tried to install a bidet last fall, and it failed. It flooded my apartment below, and I had to move. I've never seen anyone more embarrassed than this man when he had to explain what happened to me. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like that's his neighbor's problem. A buddy of mine got his entire family. And maybe it was a prank gift or whatever at Christmas, but every member of his family, he got them a uh, bidet. But installing the bidet, like what happened to this guy, the upstairs guy, is what I would worry about. That I would flood my house and then, you know, we don't have anyone, we live in a standalone, but that is uh, that is terrifying. Yeah. One one slip up with the piping. And, uh. <laughs> Just one slip. I'm out on it. Yeah. We have some action movie rewind requests here, too, from 406 Abarbs on YouTube. Please do face off. We're getting a lot of face off requests. Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. All right. What's the running time? 
two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, it is long. Okay. All right. We got to do face off though. And then Nathan B says, would really love to see you guys do a review of the original RoboCop. Thanks to all the dedication for building this, this YouTube channel. Thank you, Nathan. I've never seen RoboCop. Have you seen RoboCop? Either one of you guys? No, no. AJ? Uh, clips, okay. but not, I've never sat down. We'll what add it to the list. It? It's like late eighties or something. Early nineties. RoboCop. Let's see if I can find it here. 1987. What's the, is there, is there a, a non-spoiler premise? In a violent near uh, 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 Detroit, what? evil corporation. Uh, no, it, it's long. In a dystopic <laughs> and crime-ridden Detroit, a terminally wounded cop returns to the floors as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. Okay, that sounds like a movie that we could probably review. I'm going to add it here. So we're, defi- we're definitely doing yeah. face-off at some point soon. Hold on, what, what's the runtime on this one? And then our RoboCop. There's no way RoboCop's over two hours, is there? Hour 43. RoboCop. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, I love RoboCop. Let's do RoboCop. Okay. <laughs> Robert Ranieri right via the Score North app says, Judd's stomach is a battleground of Folly Coffee, Livia-approved foods, and Surly's, the Judd diet. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Just a stew of, of paid products. Down 40 pounds, baby. That's all <laughs> I know. It's good. It, it's working. Uh, Robbie Bruzich via the Score North app says, Love the show. Listen every day. I've been a lifelong Minnesota fan. One of the only places being 30 means you're too young, too young to see a championship of any kind that is of the big four men's professional sports. Mm-hmm. With that said, and a whole bunch of unknowns about the leadership, I wanted to uh, propose a ranking of this set of front office ownership against the history of the franchises. Seems to be the Vikes with, oh, uh, so he wants us to, to rank the uh, front office and ownership against the history of the franchises. Yeah, I think, well, and I don't know if you mean like where they're at now compared to like the last 30 years. I think the, the Wolves are in a good spot. The Wild feel like with Bill Guerin and ownership, they're in a good spot. Vikings feel like they're in a pretty good spot with they might be. leadership. Mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the potential change, I think. And the Twins are in first place. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and anyway, I got one last one here for you. Twins related. Kyle McIver via the Scornorth app says, can we start having the Luis Arise MVP conversation? I mean, um, he is hitting like 350 with a 450 on base. is going to have something to say about that. And Shohei Otani. Yeah. Uh, but what we can have is the conversation about the, the fact that he is a pleasure to watch. Watching him makes me love baseball again. I love his at-bats. I think there's so much fun. There's just too many cookie-cutter stances and at-bats now. I love the individual. I, I mean, baseball is an individual game, right? I love things that stand out as different. Arises at-bats to me. And just all of the machinations and stuff, I just love to watch that. Yeah, he is He is fun to watch. There's zero chance he wins MVP unless he yeah. starts pitching like Shohei Otani or hitting for power like Aaron Judge. Because Aaron Judge might not have the batting average, but he's still hitting over 300, I'm pretty sure. And is yep. on pace for like sixty bombs. Yep. So I, I actually think Byron Buxton, if he plays one hundred fifteen or one hundred twenty games, is going to still wind up being the most valuable player on the Twins, missing like forty games, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So there you go, feedback Friday here, Mackie and Judd. Every week we take your comments, questions, critiques, concerns, and uh, we flesh them out here. We also do the same thing on Purple Daily at least a couple times a week when we uh, dive into the comment section. So look for that this weekend. And don't forget, we're giving away, it's the Purple Daily Getaway to Miami, a trip for two to see Minnesota-Miami in week six. We got the tickets covered for you. We got the travel covered for you. Just bring yourself and some SPF 30 or something. 
Open the Scornorth app, register, and enter through Listener Rewards at some point during the month of June, and then we will draw uh, a winner in a trip for two to see Minnesota and Miami. There we go. All right. See you guys. Good. Have a good weekend watching the Twins beat up on the Diamondbacks.